Lord, I just wish I could do something with my life that would be good and it would be pleasurable and I could enjoy it. People do that stuff all the time, comparing yourself to somebody. Stop. Stop it. Wake up. God has put something in everybody they can go after and pursue and enjoy it. You got that? Be happy with what He gives you. Stop coveting what He's given somebody else. That's just a dead end. That is a dead end. Listen to this, verse 18. Let me read this to you and then I'll stop. Um, it says, So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Amen? He got it all back. He got it all back. Okay? And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. And that's wonderful because I believe God, things maybe you've lost or feel like hasn't come to fruition in your life, God's saying to you this morning, if you can, if you can get through the test, because you'll get another chance if you fail the test, you're going to get it. You are, you know, it's a promise from God. He'll just let you take it 98 times, you know, until you get it. But it goes on. It doesn't stop there. That's what's so great about it. Um, it says, and, and, and then David um, took all the flocks and herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. In other words, not only did David get back everything that God had promised him he'd get back, he got back some of the enemy's stuff. He was able to plunder the enemy's camp and take things that the enemy had taken from other people. In other words, he was able to take and diminish the enemy. And that isn't, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing as Christians? Is diminishing the enemy's camp? Ain't that what Reinhard Bonke, he's gotten sort of popular? Plundering hell to populate heaven. That's the name of one of his books. Plundering hell to populate heaven. And that's what we need to start doing. We need to start plundering hell, and that's how you do it. And I'm going to tell you, these seven things I've told you today, I promise you, you are going to learn those things. That is God's will for you to go, and there's like all of them are like little tests you take all through the semester. Oh, now I've got the test of presumption on me. I better pass that one. You know, oh, now today I've got, got the test of I can't fight my brother. I've got to see the enemy working. I've got to fight the enemy. It's not my brother who's messed up, but it's the enemy who's doing this thing. It's not, it's not my friend. You know, that's my test this week. You know, and then there's this cumulative final exam that they come in and the professor says, this has everything we have taught you this semester on. Everything from the day you walked in this class to, the, to this moment, you are going to get a cumulative exam. And that is what it's going to take for you and I to get promoted in God's kingdom. It's when God presents this cumulative exam to you and you won't even know you got it. You hear what I'm saying to you? You won't know you got it. And I believe that's one of the things the Lord is saying to us today. Amen? Now, all right, let's, Nathan, we're going to do the offering now. <laughs> we're doing things different today. That was fun last week at the park, wasn't it? I was talking to a friend of mine, telling him all about, yeah, you know, we went to the park and did church out there, and rah, rah, rah. He's saying, 
Man, we do that four times a year. Every time there's a fifth Sunday, our church goes to the park. Plus, you know, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> so, we ain't so different. All right, we're going to receive the offering now. And then we're going to have a uh, graduation ceremony for Christ School of Ministry. And I think there's going to be some, some things that are going to be said that's going to be worth, worth hearing. And I think God wants to encourage some people. Raise your hand to the Lord. Your hand. I'm not, you know, sometimes I raise your check. I'm not asking. Raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand to the Lord. Raise both of them. Now, here's what you're going to say to the Lord. Lord, here's what's in my hands. I want you to pray with me. Lord, here's what's in my hands. I offer it to you. You take out of my hand what you want out of my hand. And you let me keep what I'm supposed to keep. And God, you put some new things in my hand. And Father, I just pray that would be spiritual gifts. Father, I pray that would be finances. I pray that would be promotion, God. I pray that would be a better relationship with my family. I pray, God, if there are those in my family who are not saved, who've walked away from you, that they would be saved. And they would get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they'd get on fire for you. God, we just say that. We are not interested in just getting personal promotions. But God, we want to plunder hell. I tell you, Lord, I've got a child that the enemy has got his hands on. And there's many in this room who've got children or parents or loved ones, brothers and sisters or close friends that are not living for Christ. And God, we just declare this morning, God, we want to plunder them from hell, God. We want to take them back, God. Help us to learn the lessons that David learned, Lord, so we can plunder hell and truly populate heaven, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Be, you know, worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we're still having church here. Um, I really like Byron's message this morning. I've flunked most of those points and been given a gracious opportunity to take the exam over and over again until on a few of them I've actually passed by the skin of my teeth. Um, two years ago, we began Christ's School of Ministry here. And we didn't do that as a casual thing. And I want to take some time this morning to share with you why we began Christ School of Ministry. And I'm going to have three of our students. I wish I had time for more. But I picked three particular students because I felt like they represented like three categories of people. Uh, I'm going to ask Matthew Bollinger to come because at the beginning of Christ School of Ministry, Matthew was already involved in full-time ministry. And... Then I'm going to ask Luis Sosa to come up because Luis is 
currently working a full-time job but feels called to someday be in full-time ministry. And then I'm going to ask Nancy Brubaker to come because Nancy believes that her primary calling is to be a wife and mother but also has a tremendous prophetic and pastoral gifting and is a very key player in the church. And so it's, it's like three different categories of people. But what I want you to see this morning is, is the vision for what we're doing. Because this is part of the church. This church has an apostolic vision. Now, what do I mean when I'm saying that? We believe that from this church, from the group of people that the Lord has assembled here, and we also hope that Christ School of Ministry can grow to the place that we can, we can help train and, and equip and send out other people from other churches. I guess Rosemary didn't make it here this morning. I don't see her. We have uh, Rosemary Correa who's coming to the church uh, uh, coming to Christ School of Ministry also, who belongs to another church. She's known citywide as an intercessor and has been used in the National Day of Prayer organizations. And we believe that Christ School of Ministry, or our hope is, is that we can bless people from other congregations with it also. But this is an... It, it has an apostolic purpose, which means that we want to see individuals raised up and ministries empowered and raised up in the lives of those individuals for the expansion of the kingdom of God. You know, that's, that's what we mean by it. And I want to read just um, a small portion from a book by Graham Cook that's called um, A Divine Confrontation or Birth Pangs of the New Church. And this is talking about the apostolic reason for a teaching ministry, okay? And it says, Teachers are a solid part of apostolic strategy in building the church. They want to build a mature man who by training, modeling, and equipping can grow up into all things in the Lord. Most leaders focus on the behavior of people. They look at what these people are doing and how they're living in, uh, in order to try and bring change. They may have some effect in the short term, but eventually people will go back to their old habits or just drive those habits into secrecy. It says teachers want to establish people's lives based on what they believe, not on how they behave. I'm reminded of Arthur Burke's old parable, you know, it says, what you believe rules you. You don't rule what you believe, but what you actually believe is what will determine how you react when you're given those final exams. When, when you're confronted with circumstances, when you go to your Ziklag, you know, what you really believe in the Lord is what will determine how you react in those circumstances. So we need, he says, um, uh, we need a firm grip on theology before we can experience any success at practical Christianity. Part of the problem is a failure to marry teaching to discipleship 
and the way Scripture is used in the church. And that's what we've tried to do. We've tried to wed those things. We have an academic portion, which we call the biblical studies, and then we have um, uh, a Christian discipleship portion that deals more with the interior workings of your heart, and then a leadership portion, which is, all right, now, now that you've got this, this belief, this, this thing that we've learned from the Word, and, and we've internalized it. All right, now how do we put that into practice? How do we step out and, and make that work in the practical realities? It's, uh, Graham Cook says here, leaders try to correct people's behavior by jumping to the practical sections of the Bible. We get speakers to come um, who may be mainly preachers with a blessing ministry to minister to the church. We want a quick fix or we are looking for something to happen, some sort of an experiential thing, you know. We want some instructions, simple, quick instructions, or an event to use like he calls it sticking plaster to cover the cracks and make things better. We don't have time for theology and thought. And that really has been a weakness in the church for the last generation. We've, we've sort of thought, oh, we don't need theology. And what we've come up with is a generation of believers that have no firm foundation. We're unstable. We want a practical solution, and we want it now. But if people do not understand the doctrinal truths regarding our position in Christ and are not taught to enter in and experience them, they will have no grounds for success in the practical arena of life in God. And so we set ourselves on a course, and it's not been a short course. It's been two years, but it sort of went by quick. You know, it was a short two years in one sense of the word. Maybe for me, those that had to put up with me maybe didn't feel like it was so quick. But I'm really proud of these graduates, these people who have finished two years of study. A couple of weeks ago, I saw somebody pass their final exam. Now, we had a written seven-page final exam. But Rhonda Bumgardner, right after a very serious surgery, no one expected her to be at church that Sunday, but she came and she was up here laying hands on people and speaking life into others who were having difficulties, not taking any thought for herself or her own condition, but giving out of an abundance that she had found in the Lord. And I looked at her and I thought, now that girl just passed her final exam. She later, because she was having surgery that same week that we, we were taking our final exam, and she called me up later. I was going to exempt her from it. Because as far as I was concerned, her ministry up here on that Sunday morning had exempted her from the written portion of the exam. But she called me and she said, when can I take my exam? By the way, she made a hundred on it. You know, so she passed both the written and the practical portions of the exam. Now, I, I love that. You know, that is, that's wonderful.
but we've we've been doing this for two years. And so I wanted I, I wish I had time for everybody to come and share, but I've asked three people to spend three to five minutes just telling me what Christ School of Ministry has meant in their lives. I really do wish all thirteen could take five minutes. Matthew. Okay, I'm only going to take two minutes. Two minutes. Christ School of Ministry has provided a solid foundation for my ministry. When I first started out, um, I just, I mean, I had been raised in church all my life and prepared for, I think, this calling that the Lord's called me to, but there were still some things that I just wasn't quite sure of, and it provided that basis from which me, for, for which I can start in ministry. And that's invaluable. I just can't express that enough. Um, Jim and Byron's heart really is to be Paul's to the Timothys in this congregation to equip us for ministry. And one of the things that Paul said to Timothy at the end of his life, when he was towards the end, and he, he laid out for Timothy ten or so main things that um, he wanted him to remember. And guess what the number one thing that he told Timothy? He said, watch your doctrine. Watch your doctrine. Because it can get... Paul said that to Timothy, that's right. I'm, I'm repeating what Byron taught us in the leadership portion of the school. Yes, he did. He did some pretty wild, charismatic things, you know. But he said, watch your doctrine. Because he knew that that was one of the keys that could get people off course and messed up. Did you know that probably 90% of what you know about the Bible and about God, you've heard from somebody else? Most people do not have their doctrine based upon what they've read right here in the Word of God and what they've investigated. They've based their doctrine, their theology, upon what somebody else has told them. And so what CSM has strived to do and what has sought to do and I think been successful at is leading everyday people, not just people in full-time ministry, but also those who are home, homemakers and, and those who are out working jobs. And has provided a place where they can come once a week and learn the Word of God from beginning to end in a very stress-free way. Um, well, you know, to an extent. I mean, there's a certain level of stress in any school, but really it's not gonna, it doesn't kill you to the extent of just consume your life to where you have to quit your job to go to Bible college. You know, it's not like that. And so by doing that, it has made it practical for everybody to get a solid basis for knowing the Word of God, and to launch out into their ministry. I'm not going to be short like Mud, But I'll try it. I'll try, Andy. Um, anyways, you know how you can tell that you're called full-time ministry? This is how I can tell I'm called full-time ministry. When I started school ministry, I didn't have any white hair. Now, two years later, I have six of them. <laughs> Plus, I got rounded, too. I mean, I put some pounds on me, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, what we actually found in the school of ministry were, was we were faced with the Word of God. Um, the people who taught us was people that were actually living in it. Um, you know, so they, they, I have a word in First Corinthians that said, 
you know, Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's saying to them, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the spirit power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. And that's exactly what these teachers did to us, uh, Byron and Jim and then some people that came in. They actually taught us the scriptures with the power of God. Um, many things happened in my own life. Um, God pretty much reaped some misconception and misunderstanding, like Matt was saying. You know, we get these ideas in our head about the Bible, about God, that are totally wrong. So pretty much you get aligned with the Word of God, and it's like, whoa, man. You know, I was so far away from you. the way, he, Lord, I, I, I have believed in you about who you are and who I am in Christ, you know. So pretty much you begin to see the whole picture through the study of the, in the first year. We, we studied the Bible from first to beginning to the end, and you see the whole picture. The purposes of God begin to make sense for your life. And that's pretty much blowing my mind off. It's like, whoa. You know, I've seen this before, but through the study of the Word of God and theology and practical things, I was able to put it, you know, that make it real and tangible. So it's like John says, you know, John first, um, 14 says, The Word became, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. You know, during the course of the two years, my love for Him has grown. But what was taught to us through the, by the Holy Spirit, through the mouths of our teachers. He became flesh in us. Now, I want to leave this with a short message. You know, now we have, they have done their duty. They have taught us about the scriptures. They, they have poured into our lives. And now the tax, the, what we have to do is ahead of us. You know, and I'm taking this with really tremble and fear because it's not an easy thing to do. Um, and I want to persevere and be found faithful at the end. That's, that's my thing. You know, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to, you know, have moments of, you know, who knows, depression or, or you know, ministry stuff. But I want to find, be found faithful at the end, you know. And I want to just leave you with the verse in my, um, that Jesus gave to the disciples. And I, I, I feel that God is telling us this to the guys that have graduated from Christ School Ministries. Now, our title is this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I want to leave you with that. Well, this is a hoot, Louise, because underneath the L'Oreal, there's lots of gray hair, and I certainly got a few pounds, so if that equates a calling, I'm like Moses or something. <laughs> oh, Moses. <laughs> I was going to let the Holy Spirit just guide me and not write anything down, but I was afraid he would forget some of the stuff I wanted to say, so I've got my notes here. <laughs> Two years ago, Jim Hill made an announcement one Sunday that it was the last day to register for ministry school. And I had been surrounded by people who told me that they were going to go. And I was real excited for them. And on that last day, my heart started to pound. And it was like, now? Now you're telling me? They've been going about this for months. 
telling you to register, and now you're telling me, Lord, that I need to go? So I really felt this call, and uh, so I applied. But I had this argument. I was, I was very much like Moses in my arguments. Lord, I'm too busy. You know, I work full time. I don't have time for this stuff. I'm too old for this stuff. I can't remember all this stuff that I'm going to need to learn. I'm not an eloquent speaker, Lord. What am I going to do? But I really felt God said I was called. So I went, and on our application, we had to write why we wanted or why we felt called to CSM. And I think in my line of work and dealing with patients, I do home health physical therapy. Um, I see a lot of people that are suffering, a lot of people that are in need, a lot of people that have questions. And I just really wanted to be instant in season and out of season. That was the desire of my heart. They'd ask questions, and I just wanted to be able to impart what the Lord had given me to them in a real and honest and godly manner. So the two-year journey began. In addition to working full-time and going to CSM and doing the homework and the ministry projects, here's a few other things that I faced during that time. We had Y2K, the wedding of my beloved other daughter, Kim, and eventually a new grandson. Um, My mother has been hospitalized twice and had surgery once. My father-in-law had a heart attack. My mother-in-law was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and died this past February. Um, I worked full-time and did all the usual mom stuff. My husband worked two jobs for one of the years, so I had to pick up kind of some of his stuff around the house. had two teenage daughters with hormones, and that in itself should be a qualifier. (laughs) I lived through two tax seasons, two Christmases, lots of birthdays, three proms, one high school graduation, filling out college applications and student loans, living through my husband's job interviews and flying all over the country for those, planning a move to Atlanta, and fixing up and selling my house. Several times I wanted to quit, but we had teachers that know us personally, prayed for us, encouraged us, and guided us with Christ's hearts of love. They wouldn't let you quit. They wouldn't give you permission. (laughs) So the result is that my, my head remembers a good bit, but my heart remembers it all. God just really has spoken into my heart. I'm still not an eloquent speaker, but my heart knowledge gives me the strength to reach my goal, to be instant in season and out of season, to reassure others of his great love and to give them hope. When I turned in my final exam two weeks ago, I was sad. I thought, you know, I told Jim, I said, for all my griping and whining, you'd think I'd be tap dancing here. (laughs) It was sad because... This has been lifeblood to me these last two years. It has changed me from the inside out. It's given me that firm foundation, that knowledge, and that assurance of who God is and that he loves me, Nancy Brubaker. And I can take that out now and really give that back to other people because I really believe it. Mingled in the sadness, though, when I got home, I was crying. And Jim said, oh, did you fail, honey? (laughs) like no I'm just it was like a chapter was closing but we we did that song this morning I wrote down the words while we were singing it It says stir up our hearts O God open our spirits to all who you are put a cry in us so deep inside that we cannot find the words we need we just weep and cry out to you that's the way I felt that night God had called me to do something and I finished it 
I did two years. In the midst of all the other stuff, I finished it. But yet, I know it's just the beginning, and I just can't thank you all enough. Jim and Byron, it's been a blessing. praying about the Brubaker's move to Georgia. And the thing that came to my heart was is we're sending Georgia a jewel. You know, the whole family. But uh, I hope Georgia appreciates them. Because it's kind of like sending somebody off to a foreign mission field, you know, to Georgia. Some others have gone to Rome, Georgia before. I just want to read one brief scripture and then we're going to give out some uh, certificates of completion. And everybody smile because we've got a photo op. You'll get your photos of your graduation later. But this is sort of like the base scripture for what we're trying to do at Christ School of Ministry. And I want you to appreciate this. This is not like a promo to get you to enroll in Christ School of Ministry, although there are applications in the foyer, and applications do close at the end of July because I have to order books for next semester. So don't wait till the last minute, like Nancy, to hear the Lord. If you want to be involved in this, fill out your application, and we'll sit down and talk about it. Um, but this is so that you will realize where the heart of this church is. It's toward expanding the kingdom of God. It's toward enabling people to develop into the ministries and the destinies that God has called them to. This really is an apostolic tool that we're using. It's not a quick fix. It takes time to build a good foundation. And sadly enough, most people who consider themselves to be Christians, even in this room, don't have a good foundation on which to build a ministry. It says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power, according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience 